Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Game prototype, a horror game. Perfect for a total beginner to make your own game prototype in Unreal 4. Within the We Make course, you can choose from three disciplines. Design 3D art or UI, UX artists. Even learn all three at no extra cost. In addition, you'll have a game industry professional meeting with you every week to guide you through the weekly assignments. If you're interested, you can pre-register for the course anytime before class starts. We are taking in a limited amount of students to keep the learning experience intimate and personal. Email BrandonFam at GameSchoolOnline.com for more info. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the number one podcast on video game development and associated lifestyles. This is Larry Charles. I represent one half of the amazing Game Dev Unchained podcast duo and the other half by way of 6 a.m. sleepover, Mr. Brandon Pham. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Pham, and please welcome us to our own episode. Yes, this is dedicated to you, to us, to everyone who's out there working the midnight hour uh, doing something a bit extra outside of the nine to five. Yes, this is a really important episode to us because obviously Game Dev Unchained is something that we do in our spare time. It is a it's a venture that we pursue, you know, outside of our nine to five. Yeah, and uh, it's a work after work, especially um, is very important to me uh, on a personal level because I've done it for the last <laughs> four to five years yeah. out of kind of necessity and uh, just needing that extra thing on the side if uh, all shit hits the fan type of mentality uh to be specific i mentioned this before every game developer uh goes through a layoff right i feel like you're not a game developer unless you've been <laughs> laid off once <laughs> yeah you haven't truly earned your stripes until you've gone through the the cocoon of emerging from a layoff situation yes or an unexpected layoff yes in uh Hopefully, it's mostly unexpected. If you're expecting, then you're you're way ahead of your time. <laughs> but uh, it, it happened to me like about five years ago over at Spark, and uh, I was totally caught, uh, surprised, and um, unprepared. So uh, from that point forward, I always thought, told myself like I would always have something going on, um, multiple income, dual income, something, so that I can just jump ship and not worry about having to uh, you know, make it a race on to finding another job, which is very stressful. And, and I totally, totally recommend against if you can, uh, everything within your power to do something now while you're stable, uh, start thinking about what you can do um, that could bring in another source of income. Yeah, definitely. Uh, having multiple revenue streams is one of the keys to being comfortable and successful in life, you know, because I think it's something that people always say, like if you put your eggs in one basket, yada, yada, right? Like some people will look at, well, I could just work harder at work Mm -hmm. and make more money Mm -mm. if I'm worried about, you know, not having enough money. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you say that? Well, you work, you work super hard at work, right? That's like, you're just super putting your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. 
and then it's gonna blow up in your face because things happen within the budget things happen within deadlines being missed things happen where the man upstairs just doesn't believe in your game anymore and just decided mm. i'm not gonna pay for this or or worse decides that i just feel like shutting down this whole studio yeah that happens a lot <laughs> So, like, um, this is more uh, prevalent to companies that are uh, supporting, like, 300-plus developers. Because naturally, when you have that many people, you're feeding that many mouths, um, one one thing that goes amiss in the budget is actually, like, millions and millions of dollars a day. So, um, you sometimes have to cut the cord so the bleeding stops. Um it's it's a very terrible situation because it is in, in those jobs in those big stable jobs that you're mostly unaware of anything bad happening right it, it really is very sudden you might be doing the same thing that you did the last five weeks and then suddenly they pull you up in a room and that's something to avoid too if you go up <laughs> in the morning and someone's like, all right, team meeting, unexpected team meeting are the worst. So avoid those at all costs. Chain to your desk, do whatever, take a walk. <laughs> because what what they can't tell you legally, they, you can't leave. I don't know. Eventually, HR is going to hit you up. <laughs> but They will find you. Brandon. They will find you. But like, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that they'll call you in a room and, and let you know at once or, or call you personally in. Um. Even though I didn't go through a layoff before, I've only been laid off once, but uh, the tone of that day was very different. Um, I think I mentioned this before in the podcast, but to our new listeners, I'll, I'll briefly go over it. Uh, the day was when um, when I got laid off. The day I got laid off was when uh, HR just emailed me randomly, right? And I never talked to this lady ever. <laughs> and she was like, can I have uh, talk to you at lunch? And that's when... I knew, right? That's when I was already saying goodbyes uh, to my coworkers. I was like, hey, guys, I think this is my last day. I never <laughs> talked to this lady, and she wants to talk to me, so I think it's happening. So in that way, I was a little prepared, but uh, it still hurts. It, it felt like a, a huge rejection for sure. Um, but uh, just remember, and I reminded myself that it wasn't personal. It was just company going through things and... Uh, to me, the best thing I could have done is making sure that uh, I was okay, like yeah. having other things going on. Um, so ever since then, I, I pick up uh, picked up teaching, which is very good to me. Uh, I think it's very complementary to what we do, and I always I'll always recommend uh, game developers if you have time to to give back. Like our school systems. Our traditional school systems kind of suck, and uh, it needs good developers out there who are in, who are plugged in, to teach these guys our future really about yeah. what the game industry is about. So, ever since since I've taught uh, at s actual colleges, and uh, you know, I'm at a point right now, and we're talking about work after work. I'm still working after work, and it does feel like homework. That's I would say that's the biggest hurdle, right? After yeah. after school, uh, and if you're doing things on the side, it feels a lot like homework. But the biggest difference is it's directly affecting you. Like where homework feels like, all right, you got to learn this math problem, and sometime in the future you'll find it useful. Well, I mean, you can see the fruits of your labor immediately if you're doing side stuff right now. Um, as in, if you 
work a little harder, put your portfolio up, or you're trying to do other things on the side and it might earn you some revenue. Like it's directly, you're, you're a professional now, so it's a lot different than being just a student. Yeah, plus one thing, one key thing you did say is it def- directly can affect your revenue streams, right? Like there's no guarantee that working harder at work is going to like at a one-to-one ratio instantly show up and reflect in your, your earning statements, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like you may be a, a shining star at your job and they'll say, wow, we're so happy that this person that we pay X amount of dollars is yeah. giving us X plus Y effort. Yeah. Right. If you don't complain or if you don't introduce the need for more income and get that conversation started, which sometimes can be an awkward conversation, right. Or definitely one that they don't want to have. Right. There's a process in between you working hard, getting noticed, and then getting an increase in compensation. Yeah. So the idea of just working harder at work is usually like you're looking far into the future. Yeah. If that's your plan for, you know, increasing the amount or your sustainability potential. Yeah. And I've seen this before. Like if you want to, um, if you're trying, if you're working hard, have a plan, right? I've seen people who work really hard at work. Um, who end up being so valuable at their workplace where the workplace is willing to pay them to be at home. Like, mm. like I, I gotta go, right? It's, it's like a, it's like a negotiation tactic almost. It's like, Hey, uh, I can't do this anymore. The commute is crazy. I, I gotta, I gotta figure something out. It's like, Hey, why don't we let you work at home part time? And like, I see this type of stuff, uh, happen exclusively for like the hardest working motherfuckers. So <laughs> it, it, it does, if that's your plan, it can be like, if you're so valuable at a company, they'll do whatever they can to keep you. Yeah, for sure. It's not, it's not all futile, right? So it's, it's definitely something worth looking at, but like have a strategy in mind. Don't work hard just for the sake of working hard. Like have a plan. If you, if you want to someday just work for yourself, uh, working part time at home is like, I think a key like the catalyst. Yeah, it's the catalyst to doing that. Like what you're trying to do basically is trying to replace your income during the day, right? So like for me personally, this is Brandon's one, two, three step at least, <laughs> is that I've started teaching like five years ago. So I've had, I have two, I have a dual professional um, career pr- pretty much. I teach and I, I, I do things <laughs> professionally. Strips. But, yeah. But um, my plan is always to like, all right, now I got the side thing. So how do I do my own side thing, right? Where I don't have to be, again, even with teaching, I, I, I still have a boss. I have two bosses actually on the other side. So how do I replace that part, right? How do I replace my side income first, which is doing my own thing and be my own boss and have that be the same amount as I get from teaching. So my, that's the second step is like, how do I replace that? And then eventually replace my main job. Right. So up to that point, you'd be working for yourself. You do all these things and then call in your own hours. I think the mistake that most people get, I'm not there yet. Right. But I've talked to many people about how it is when you're finally working for yourself. It's like, it's very, um, foolish to think that working for yourself is suddenly going to be like that much easier i think at the very beginning it's going to be harder for sure uh like larry and i has been, been doing this for like at least a year now yeah. and uh yeah maybe it's it's a balance of all the hours and like 
like our work doesn't start until like 9 p.m on some days <laughs> like after everything <laughs> or 6 a.m or 6 a.m so it's it's that's the challenge right there and i think i think if anything that's a good um test if you're thinking of doing this on your own can you put in that extra energy can you do it right because um i feel like a lot of indie developers who suddenly quit their day job cold turkey without testing the waters at all i often find themselves back at that company because <laughs> <laughs> it's tough it's or tough. worse it's or worse but like you, you gotta you gotta you have a stable job right at the very uh end of it right you have a stable job that you want to keep but you want to do something on your own right so if you can figure out a plan that you can wean off your job um, without taking any real risk i mean that's that's what you want to do yeah. I mean, let's be realistic you still need to get paid um but i think often people um feel the need to like all right i do eight hours here therefore if i do eight hours to myself I'll earn the same income. Like that's completely wrong. Like, yeah. why would that make any sense? It's like you've been developing this career for eight, ten years um, to prove your worth to to another employer. If you get an investor, maybe that's different. But to think that, all right, now I'll take my skill to do my own thing, and this this thing that I'm making is going to be as good as like Call of Duty. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, it's the thing is when I see somebody or hear somebody who says, "Oh, I'm going to go indie," right? Yeah. That's like, okay, well, let me see if you know what you're in for. Yeah. And so I'll talk to them and I'll say like, oh, so what's your plan? Well, you know, me and this other guy and this other guy, we're going to make a game and put it out. And I'm like, and that's going to replace all your income? Like you're, you're ready to go? Do you have savings? I'm like, no, nah, I mean, I'm a AAA professional. I know how to make games. Like, mm -hmm. okay, great. Do you know how to market games? You know, do you, do you know how to make connections with market influencers? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you do you have a plan behind how you're going to survive between now and however many months or years it's going to take you to finish this product? Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't think beyond the first domino. They say, I quit. I'm going to make a game. I'm going to sell the game. They're like, OK, man. But, you know, there's there's so many steps in between that help ensure success. And even then, even if you do all those things. You're still not guaranteed to be successful. Someone else may beat you to the punch or the game just may change on you. You know, like if you were, uh, I'll use Epic Games as an example. Epic Games was like working on Unreal Tournament, a new Unreal Tournament for Unreal 4 for like a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're doing like a free to play kind of, you know, open so or crowdsourced development of this project. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I remember when Unreal Tournament was the shit. Like that was mm -hmm. like the best shooter that you could possibly get. But now we live in a world post Team Fortress, Team mm -hmm. Fortress 2, where asymmetrical game design and gameplay is like completely taken over, especially in the shooter, you know, thanks to Overwatch. Mm -hmm. And Unreal Tournament exhibits none of those characteristics. So even though, you know, it's being made by Epic Games, like some of the most talented Unreal 4 developers and also, you know, the, the pedigree of Unreal, like Unreal Tournament, I don't see it being as commercially viable in today's marketplace as it could have been, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah. Right. It's, like the style of game, the, the flavor has completely changed. People don't want tacos anymore, which is not true, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's a novel idea to have a community based uh, developed game. Um, 
but it, it could be a combination of that and the uh, epic you know unreal tournament is such an old idea yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean the game does it could be the the game design uh not being uh very inspirational and then the community-based gaming behind it it's like all right it's not too reliable having all, all these different people trying to tone it and then you gotta manage all that i think the failure of most game developers is that when you reach a high level into your into your career like the triple a level and then um branch out to do your own stuff uh oftentimes you're so tunnel vision to like all right i do awesome character art therefore I'll do a character art based game with all my friends who are good at their own disciplines. But like even with all your friends, the marketing part of it is completely absent. Right? That's not something we trained for. That's not something we went to school to for and that's a, a career on its own. So that's the thing that's the biggest missing component I feel in most indie teams is that um, that the triple A developers have, right? You might have a, as good as an idea as the game that you were working on uh, professionally in the AAA game uh, industry, but you don't have the marketing power, obviously, right? Because you're like three guys. Um, even worse is you don't have the knowledge, right? It's not so much that you have to have a dedicated person. It's like no one knows how to do that thing that that department does all the time, right? Mm -hmm. I personally always look down on them, which I shouldn't. But like I was like, oh, because every time I peek into their office, right, they have their own office. I, I used to be at um, the 2K headquarters. So that's where exactly where the uh, publishers were for all 2K games. They were there. And I'm looking at them, judging. It's like all these guys, <laughs> they're just like goofing off in their office while we here are making the games for real, right? Like, what are yeah. they doing? Yeah. But respect, right? After a long while, after I am more seasoned, I understand the you know how hard it is to 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 get someone to care about your product pretty much it's like here's something i made who cares mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like how do i make people care and uh yeah some people would say social media nowadays is so big uh it's a lot easier um but other people might say it's a lot harder because yeah. of the competition like there's so much out there to try to expose yourself and you might have to even get to that part where you expose yourself <laughs> just to get some attention. <laughs> you know, you got to do something crazy uh, nowadays too. Or you just rely on your game design being awesome. But like how many good games are on the app store? Like there's yeah. so many good games that I've never heard of. I think your your creative wit in the scenario of I'm trying to market my game, right, is is important. You being able to recognize that, like for example, just ask yourself, when was the last time you saw a video game advertisement on Facebook, right? That that you were receptive to, yeah. you know, because Facebook advertising at this point has become an annoyance that you just accept, kind of like pop up block or pop up ads now on the internet. Mm. You know, like yeah, oh, yeah. you don't like I'm not. I could care less about those little square images or banner bars or you know little videos that play before things that I actually care about and want to see. I'm just kind of desensitized to it at this point. Yeah. So thinking that just because the internet has X many billion people or Facebook itself has like, you know, 1.8 or whatever billion people on Facebook, you think that like you have direct access to this marketing pool, but you don't because these people want to shut down your advertising as soon as like they, they've built up their own internal blockers to it or use programs that, you know, minimize their impressions 
generated from advertising content. Yeah. So the only Facebook ads, easy, <laughs> the only Facebook ads that I actually pay attention to are the ones that I like. I recently browse on Amazon for like a specific, <laughs> and suddenly it pops up in my Facebook. It's like, what the fuck is happening? It's like within seconds, Facebook knows what I'm looking at. It scares the shit out of me. And like, uh, because of their algorithm, sometimes they make it so obvious that they do really watch everything that you're browsing on their internet. So those are the only ones where like, fuck, maybe I should stop using Facebook <laughs> because it really scares me on how they t keep tabs on me pretty much. But other than that, like if there's a random advertising of a game product or any product that I may be interested in, my head automatically filters that out as a, like a pop-up. It's like, dude, I want, don't sell me things. I don't want to, I'm not actively looking for it. Right um, so yeah, Facebook ads to me are useless. Uh, mostly because everyone's doing it, right? Mm -hmm. I, I figure, like, you got to swim against the stream a lot of the times when it comes to marketing and your game, right? If you have a product and you're trying to market your product, you can't do what everyone else is doing. And we're in the middle of that. Like, we're maybe a year from now or two years from now, Larry and I can come back and say, all right, this is how it's done <laughs> because we're so awesome at it. But right now, we know we're talking to everyone. And this is why we're, we're opening up the podcast uh, one of the main reasons why, because we want to have conversations with people who've done it. And like based on our conversations, our intuition is there. So we're thinking like successful people. <laughs> we're not there yet, but we're thinking like them uh, based on our, our, our interviews. Um, and our biggest thing is like, if you're doing everything the same as everyone else, it's like, how are you going to stand out? I mean, that's the basic concept of it. It's like, how do you stand out if you're doing everything the same? Right, and that's usually Facebook ads, Twitter ads, um, anything marketing that first pops in your head. Like people have done it because uh, that's where you're getting your idea from, <laughs> from everyone else. So, I mean, when you're trying to do something on your own, if, even if you don't go indie right away, you're you're trying to sell yourself, right? You might go the investor route, um, which can be scary itself unless it's like someone that you know personally you're, you're going out there and you're pretty much giving a piece of whatever you're gonna be working on in exchange of some seed money right some like starter money so that you can go off your full-time job and work on uh, whatever you want to work on uh, by yourself mm -hmm. but from that point forward you're, you're pretty much owing uh, someone some money uh, and uh, based on how much it is it, it can be detrimental to your to your reputation and to your stress level like always having to be under the gun uh i feel can be very 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 scary mm -hmm. yeah when you're when you're basically without the safety net of hr and benefits and you know time being converted into new money right which is not a guarantee when you're working for yourself when you're doing your own projects uh it's it's very easy to just you know kind of f become complacent and just like kind of fall in line with oh this is my new status quo this is how life is going to work for me i'm going to work i'm going to get a paycheck i'm going to pay my bills and then this is a cycle that people will stick into and there's some people who will have you know these these moments or these rele uh, revelations where they're like oh man i this isn't the cycle that i want to continue they do want to break away or they want to break away and they can't they can't figure out what that safe step is going to be so 
what's special about this episode is like we do want to open up on some of those topics. Like, you know, there's ways to transition into, you know, being a self-starter, self-motivated or self-funded slowly. Right. Which is much like you said with teaching. Right. It's something that you started because you had gone through the layoff. Uh, you kind of were caught off guard, and then you you realized that there was exposure that you needed to take care of. Mm-hmm. So you start teaching to you know get some extra money coming in, but then also you found a way to utilize your time in teaching even better. Where you're like, hey, I've already made these classes. Now that when I'm teaching a new class, I no longer have to do the content generation. Mm-hmm. I only have to do the presentation and the grading, right? Yeah. And then you even found a way to streamline how your presentation methods uh, work, right? So that only you're spending most of your time doing the grading now. Yeah. Right. So yeah. your time, you've gotten more time back, but you've gotten the same value out of your time and created that revenue stream for yourself. Yeah. And you I'm, with that, I'm, I'm creating new opportunities. Like you're always, like even though it's teaching over here, right? It's still within the veins of the game industry. And, you know, from that, we were building a business from it. We're, mm-hmm. we're teaching online. We're doing mm-hmm. all these extra things. We're doing podcasting, educating people about what's going on in the industry. So don't, I'm not saying go out there and start working at Bed Bath and Beyond, <laughs> you know what I mean, as your supplemented income. Like, do something within the veins. Like, all right, this is an investment in myself. All right, let's get some credentials here because uh, obviously, if we were to be like game industry professionals working at AAA Games and then suddenly go out there and open up school, it's uh, you can definitely do that, right? But it, it also helps to have like like some background. On, on the college level mm-hmm. and some practice runs pretty much be like hey i've taught kids at schools before i've handled uh, classes with 30 mm-hmm. students and all that comes from experience and there's a valuable lesson sitting there with the students and seeing you know what exactly trips them up right it, it, that's valuable feedback that um that you don't get too much if you're just doing through like, like forums and yeah. all these just uh, other forms of communication online so uh yeah and that's me testing the waters right i i never thought well i guess in a way i believe that um me starting to teach on the side will uh directly influence me later in in the future right i i didn't think um too much of it but i knew that it was something that i was interested in right i have always wanted to teach at the same time um I knew that it would be valuable to me later when I am wanting to uh, do things on my own. And um, the thing is, like, Larry and I have always wanted to make games for ourselves, right? Yeah. But uh, interviewing all these awesome people about their awesome failures (laughs) and knowing the, you know, the the realities of it. Um, Not everything you do when you leave uh work with your resume is going to turn into success it's it's a completely different field um like some people are have a better knack for it um than others even though you have the same skill set it's 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 like knowing how to market yourself how to sell yourself is something that you learn from from something else like you you don't learn it while going through the industry it's it's whether you're you're good socially outside the circles yeah. like you do other things like sports or something that that you're used to like standing in front of people and talking and being able to like sell people on a simple idea yeah i, I look at it like this man while you have a job you don't necessarily learn tricks tips and tactics on 
how to market and get a job, right? You, some of those vital lessons that you kind of pick up in life, I agree, definitely come from outside of the direct influence. So you, you would think like, oh, me trying to apply to get a job is where I'm going to learn how to do a lot of that. But there are social scenarios that help you as well. Like, hey, I'm going to talk to this this interesting looking individual that I have a crush on, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to work up some sort of conversation with them, right? That is a goal. That's a gap that you clearly want to breach. And you say, okay, you know, I'm probably going to get shut down, but I'm going to go over there and say X, Y, and Z. And even in that moment, you know, you're creating an opportunity to learn about how to basically generate interest in yourself from someone who currently at that moment has zero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and most importantly, dealing with rejection. Like you got to oh, be able boom. to, you got to be able to uh, take criticism as uh, opportunities to uh, better your pitch next yeah. time around. Yep. And I think that's just, that's something, if anything, uh, you need to equip yourself with if you're planning to do to do anything on your own. Yes. Uh, because you're really fighting for yourself. Like, it's um, don't believe that just because uh, you have a good idea that people are gonna want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't assume that. Don't assume anything. Like, if anything, this past year, Larry and I, we we've jumped through so many hurdles, mostly because um uh you know we have i feel like we have a pretty good idea but like not everyone um is going to put the time and dedication behind it as much as us right you're you're going to be your number one cheerleader so if you're going out there you gotta you gotta whatever you need to do and it's if it's outside your power to do it uh there's a 10 percent chance that you're actually going to get it done <laughs> As soon as you rely on someone else to do to to help contribute to your your grand plan, uh, it's not going to work out. Like a lot of people have their own stuff going on, um, and uh, I think that's that's the mistake uh, most beginners make. It's like ah. <laughs> well, let me let's let's go into some detail there because yeah. it actually is. Uh, I guess. It's contradictory considering that you and I are working together and we're achieving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's break down exactly what you mean. So Brandon and I have a a very similar end goal, right? If not the same end goal. And it's because of that the partnership works very well, right? The motivations are the same. The, The wills to win are the same. The investment is the same, right? So the effect of a decision being right or wrong hits us both, Yeah, you know? So that definitely helps us when it comes to motivation, when it comes to execution or staying on task and things like that. What he's saying is like, let's say you're on your own and you're like, hey, I want to make my own game. And then you go and talk to your friend. This is why you're unemployed, yeah. right? And this would be your only thing. This is your baby, yeah. right? This is your life raft. And then you're like, oh, I need someone to do art for me. I'm going to go talk to my friend, this artist who works at you know, Pixar or whatever. Yeah. And your friend's like, oh, yeah, totally. I would love to help you with your game, right? That's a true statement he or she would love to help you that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to love helping you yeah you know what i mean like listen to that i would love to help you like yes i think this is a great idea and it you mean enough to me that i would want to see you succeed and i would like to offer my skills that doesn't necessarily mean that while i'm going to be helping you i'm going to love doing it yeah and so 
And then you're like, okay, great. You know, you take them for face value and you like send them some stuff that you need them to do. And then you check in in a week and they're like, oh yeah. uh, So I just got you some thumbnails. Like I'm working on it, but like they're always, they may have excuses. They have reasons why other things are more important because yes, to them, other things are more important. Their own goals, their own needs, their own time, their requirements for their family or with their job or their own projects are going to basically supersede your wants and needs because your motivations aren't the same. You're not aligned, you know? And so that's when it's like, man, like I wish you would have just said no instead of have me depend on you and then you not show up, you know? And that even happened to us. So we have personal experience. This isn't just like, oh, let me tell you some anecdotal stuff that I think would happen hypothetically. Like, no, that's exactly what happened to us. Yeah. I mean, free has an expiration date for sure. (laughs) Uh, And like, yeah, the first thing I would advise is like finding that person that is as dedicated as you are. How do you do that, right? Larry and I, on a personal level, we we went to college together. We worked on multiple projects together. So I know how Larry works. I know, and he knows how I work, and we work well together. So like finding, if you're going to go out there and do things on your own, then yeah, right? You're going to do everything by yourself, so you don't need anyone's help. Uh, I'm the type of person that requires teamwork uh when it comes to this stuff i think it's less boring (laughs) if you're just trying to bounce ideas off each other like um i'm not just staring at a wall bouncing ideas to myself uh so that that was the biggest component like finding someone that's like-minded like you that has the same goals that has the same drive most importantly so whenever i'm tapping out larry's driving and whenever he's tapping out i'm driving and you need that type of system or else as soon as i'm tapping out he's thinking like what the fuck he's not doing anything i'm gonna do my own stuff and that's within a week right <clears throat> so you going up to your friend asking him to draw within a week you'll know if he's serious or not because things happen all the time and that's the thing like everyone's a working professional and things happen like yeah. it's so hard and it's pretty unrealistic to think that someone will spend all this time for you at the beginning right when there's nothing to be shown right there's a lot of time put in to whatever project that you're working to actually see some results uh, at the very beginning. So if you can't find that person to, that gives you that type of dedication, uh, it's very demotivating. And that's the first hurdle right there. Just just getting through it just to set things up, the foundation of whatever your company or project is, um, I would say the most difficult thing um, when you're doing something on the side. And that's why you must, you must go through that stage when you have an actual job that mm-hmm. supports you. Because if you're working under the gun, you're just setting yourself for failure, man. Like, I can't imagine you going out on your own cold turkey and you're going through that stage of people disappointing. It just hurts more. It's like, I thought you were my friend. It's like, no, bitch. <laughs> he has a work. He, he has things to do. He can't just wait around for you and stuff. And... And, and just because you need it more than he does, like because you, you, you decided to quit your job before testing the waters that mm-hmm. suddenly I have to care more. It's like, no, it's don't, don't do that to your friend. Like you're, you're missing out on an actual good person. It's just, you're not giving enough reasons why he should like spend all that time for you. Like you're not selling it enough. And this comes back to marketing, right? Like it's not a strong enough pitch if you haven't convinced that person to like, drive off the cliff with you pretty much <laughs> that's the best way i can see it it's like Amen. you're asking someone to, to die I don't care for how you. good your pitch is <laughs> yeah yeah if you're driving off a cliff i'm not even there with larry yet so i'm still working my way up right so we've been doing this for a year 
with our side gig and every with our main job and this as a side gig and and I'm still pitching to Larry like even though think good things are happening and believe me good things are happening uh you know we haven't proven to ourselves it's like and honestly it's just money right it's like all right here's money <laughs> therefore we can replace our job and that's it right I'm not selling them on hopes and dreams like nothing tangible right I'm I got to do something to prove to make sure that we're good and I I wouldn't want it any other way like Larry has to show me that like <laughs> I have enough so that I can quit and and this is where it, this is the test this is us doing it on the side and seeing that things are happening and uh, it's very important to both of us to make sure that things are set before we go off because we've seen too many friends too many friends they go off on their own and you you really are working against the clock even if you have some success that may like blow up in a year and a half because you don't have the funds for that year and a half you might quit early yeah it's here's what here's what i see um a lot of people will have emotional inspiration moments and what that is is like something intolerable happens to them at work <laughs> Yeah. Like your boss drops a clipboard and yells across the whole studio and demands that you come pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> and then in front of everyone, you shuffle over there and you go do it. Yeah. Right. You fall in line. But yeah. inside you're like, man, this is like a degrading, demeaning, yeah. demoralizing experience. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, yeah. I don't want to be somewhere where people treat me like this. I'm worth more than that. Or I'm at least a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so you have this moment of like, F it then. I quit. Yeah. I'm going to go do something myself. Yeah. And that is a very strong motivator. I see a lot of people when they have their effort moments, yeah. they make big, immediate changes. Yeah. And it's always very scary for me because I'm like, oh, man, like you didn't take any time to think. Yeah. You're reacting completely on emotion, even though it's very strong emotion. And I get it. Like I saw what just happened to you. I completely understand. Yeah. At the same time, three, four, five weeks from now, are you still going to be that driven? Yeah. Right? Are you still going to be as impactful on whatever project or thing you're starting yeah. as the inspiration, as the, the emotional inspiration that you have right now. Is that drive going to continue? Yeah. So here's why I say and why I actually look forward to partnerships, especially if you're doing something small. Even though our business is like we have a podcast and we do game tutorials and we're making a video game for ourselves, right? It's things that I know that I could handle on my own. The beauty of working with a partnership, like you said, if one person is driving or if what another person is like, hey, I'm going to, you know, take a quick vacation, hold down the fort. You have that option. You have freedom. The success of the company is not directly tied to your input alone. And the output of the organization itself becomes exponentially better. Or maybe not exponentially is not the word, but let's just say it's a compounding increase. Because here's what I say. Even if you were to work 24 hours a day, as hard as you possibly could every day by yourself, and let's just say output is like a, just a straight thing. Like you're making, I don't know, like toaster ovens or whatever for 24 hours a day, right? You have one man day's worth of potential work. If Brandon and I come together and we both work 13 hours a day, right? Our toaster output is better than yours, mm -hmm. you know? And we've worked less. Now, granted, you know, that selling that extra couple of toasters doesn't necessarily make up for us not working 24 hours at doing it. But what if... We work 24 hours. What if both of us had the same output as you? Our organization is now passing you by a day every single day. And we had more fun. <laughs> and we have more fun. I think that's a big thing right there. Like, 
it's one thing to like work for yourself and you're 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 putting everything in your project and then you're seeing some results from it and you're like you get motivated by that but there's something else when you're sitting in a room with your friends and get reminded it's like this is this is exactly where i want to be like yeah. like this is where i want to be this is every second of that it's like i, I want to hold on to this this yeah. is awesome like even through the tough times right it's like you know we're not we're missing a deadline we're doing this like just having that friend next to you as a support system uh it's a lot easier to me at least and um you kind of want to win it for the team like it's the, the team mentality yeah um if you ever played sports it's like playing individual sports like track and field or whatever versus playing on a football team baseball team or whatever um though both is uh physically demanding and you learn kind of through those same lessons and stuff uh, of being an athlete or whatever. But like the camaraderie is camaraderie, camaraderie, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm still learning about that. Camaraderie is much, um, much better. Like yeah. I think uh, just having your friend there uh, helping you out and you guys doing the same thing. It's, it's the process. Yeah, Even if I'm failing, I'm having more fun than you. Plus, you get the free gut checks, you get different perspective, you yeah. get complimentary additions. Like, for example, uh, Brandon, I would say you're, you're very good at executing, right? Like, I've always admired you'll, you'll have this plan, you'll execute the plan. You know what I mean? Whereas I may lack in some of those areas, but I make up in being, you know, like organizational skills, communication skills, idea, you know, like I have different responsibilities or different just preferences as my, or excuse me, not preferences, characteristics as an individual. Yeah. Right. Like I, I love detail. I love organization. I love processes. You know, yeah. that's what I bring to the table and you bring execution to the table. Together, we are a company that is good at execution, that's good at processes, that's good at ideas, that's good at art, that's good at design. You know, our entity has way more strength and value than someone else's who is only run by the one individual. Yeah. What I will say is like, think of a car engine, you know, and I love these metaphors that don't directly apply, but when you hear the metaphor, you're like, that makes sense. When was the last time you bought a car that had a one piston engine? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's such a binary uh, movement experience. It's either there's movement, there's not. There's movement, there's not. There's movement, there's not. Because the piston is only in the ignite position once in the rotation. Mm -hmm. whereas even us we're like a two-stroke when i'm down you're up when you're up i'm down right yeah. but every single moment of the existence like we have completely minimized the amount of time where we're not igniting as a company yeah and then we add leo now we have a we're like a rotary engine where we've got like three positions where we're igniting boom 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 boom, boom. you know yeah. so it's it makes sense we're firing on all cylinders instead of firing on our cylinder yeah and it's i think that's another thing too it's not so much as like Yes, finding a friend that you rely on is the most important thing. But at the very beginning stages of anything, like a startup especially, um, where everyone is so important, it's good to find someone that complements your, your skill set. Right? I think if you find a carbon copy of you, <laughs> it can be detrimental because then you're not having that, that advantage that, that when you do join forces, uh, other people will, would have, right? Just, just have different views, different perspectives, uh, coming in, uh, with a different skill set that, uh, you don't have, um, is I think very, very important when you're trying to do something that's different, right? How can you be different with both of you are the same? <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's, let's kind of talk a little bit about 
going into, you know, just let's just talk about the time requirements and getting around the time requirements. Man. Yeah, right. that's 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 the big one, right? Cuz every day we come home from working at least an 8-hour day. Yes. Right? And as teachers, both of us have homework or lesson plan stuff to worry about. Yeah. And then we have the podcast, then we have the school, then we have new business, then we have, you know, old business, right? Yes. That's a lot. Where does the time come from for you? And uh, you have a, a family. And yeah, I raise my kid like for 10, 15 minutes a day. <laughs> but like, yeah, you really, it, I'm not kidding when like, when every day we come home, like sometimes I don't work, I don't start work till 9 p.m., right? That's... That's a little joke, but it's like, yeah, I, I do a full-time job, right? I come home, sometimes I teach, and then, uh, you know, I spend time with family, and finally, when I'm ready to do things, it's 9, oftentimes it's 10 or 11 p.m. Um, you're going to have to get used to the idea that you're not going to sleep so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping is the stable thing in your life right now, right? That's eight, eight hours uh, requirements uh, in most cases. So whatever extra thing that you're doing, you're most likely going to chip away from that. And it doesn't have to be drastic. It doesn't have to be dedicating three hours a night or whatever. Even if you're doing something 30 minutes a day, you're doing something yeah. by the end of the week that you'll have three hours of something that you dedicated to yourself. And um, to build any type of skill set, because it is a skill set, starting your own business or doing something uh, on your own. Uh, it's something you gotta have to invest time in and uh, investing time uh, two hours every other day versus 30 minutes every day is very different right yeah. you're losing momentum mm -hmm. uh, if you're doing it any other way like yeah. I feel so if you're trying to do anything just do just start a schedule of like 15 20 minutes a day towards that and analyze that for a month and see the output because I guarantee yeah. you it's a lot different than you doing three hours one week and then another three hours uh, another week but you dedicate one day for each week right yeah. it's very different and uh, as soon as something doesn't happen right you're gonna start um, getting distracted with other things like it's not happening I, I do three hours a week but uh, I see a little progress but not enough I can't keep this up yeah plus when you do it every day, you're building consistency, yeah. right? You're building the reputation, repetition into your life. Yeah. Whereas if you have, let's say every Friday, Friday is your day for learning Maya and you, you take, you know, one to two hours a week and you're learning Maya only on Fridays versus if you're doing it every day, right? If you're using Maya every day, you're building muscle memory, you know, every day, you're building quick practices every day. Right, you're getting so good at the interface. You're getting so good at all those little things. Plus, if Tuesday comes and you're like, "Oh snap, my wife got me tickets to ACDC," you know, we're gonna go to Staple Centers and go watch ACDC. You're not missing that one day a week where you would have made your only progress on that project. Yeah. And now you go almost two full weeks without progress. Two full weeks without doing something is enough time to completely break a habit. Yeah. Right, like a good habit. Let's say you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna run," and then. You know, you spent 13 days not running. Yeah, you may as well like start from the beginning. Like you, you, you might have, you might lose or significantly increase the chances that you will completely fall off track just because you've missed that one day. Versus if you're running even like just a little jog every day and you miss a day, one day missed if you do it every day is not enough to completely break the habit because you're not off for 13 days.
Yeah. And on a personal level, we've been doing this podcast one every week, almost to a full year now. Yeah. Woo! Congrats to us. <laughs> um, and it, it's definitely a habit. I don't even think about it anymore. We record once a week. We put it out. Everyone's listening to it. Um, I, I'm still personally struggling, like, trying to find the time to do all the other stuff we're trying to do because that hasn't been uh, as concrete yet. Like, yeah. I, I would put time, I would find time in the midnight, I would find time before work. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what exactly is the best time uh, for me to get things going. Um, but, like, it's definitely something that's not going to come easy. Like, I, I think for all the listeners who are already doing this, you'll understand it's like, Forming any new habit is tough, and you got to put a lot of time into it. And if you're trying to replicate that with your partner, if you have multiple people on your team, it's going to be even more tough because everyone has their own different schedule, right? So uh, you got to give time. Again, going back to having a full-time job while you're doing this to to work things out, right? You're not. You can't force someone into a habit. You can't force yourself into a habit. You got to let it run its course. Um, and not worry about like uh, running out the clock. Mm-hmm. I think it's so like you, to build. I think the difference between a good business and bad business is ten years from now, which one is still up. <laughs> <laughs> like even even if like let's say I would say this right, even if it's like a very successful business for five years, right? Like a very successful business earns loads of money. Right versus a smaller business, um, uh, earns like just enough to get by. Right, there's more. The likelihood of that smaller business who is consistent with their time and everything would be ten years from now. Right, is where actually you see the the benefits of it. Right, most big businesses that go big and then crash big won't last that long. And a lot of that is because you know you front load all your work on every Monday, and then spend the rest of the week doing whatever you you're doing on your own time, not earning your business. You're going to run out of steam. Versus that guy, it's the tortoise and the hare scenario. It's like the tortoise is going to work every day, make sure 30 minutes a day is there, and 10 years from now he'll still be there, even though he's not earning that as much as that guy in like the two years he was running crazy. Um, he's still there. Yeah. And I would say that would be the most successful business. Like yeah. you earn enough and you're working on your own and here you are still working for yourself. Yeah. Pacing yourself. Right. Yeah. This, uh, here comes another one of Larry's metaphors. So I watched the Olympics in Rio, right. And, or I watched the Olympics every four years. I love the Olympics. You ever watch the marathon runners, right? Like the race starts, everyone's in like one big mass and they're just like running. Mm-hmm. And I always say to myself, like the people who are like in the first group of 10 to 15 any one of them could be in first place whenever they want i was like dude everyone's running slow Mm -hmm. just like sprint a little bit Mm -hmm. for maybe like seven eight seconds sprint and get like a decent lead and then just kick in your marathon pace and you'll win right Mm -hmm. like that's what you say because you think like yeah it makes sense just run for like eight if you can run for six hours eight seconds isn't going to kill you yeah right but if you think about it the sprinting for eight seconds burns their energy reserves in such a way that they will die out. They will not make it, you know, for that whole mile. And you see this when you start running yourself. I would never make an ignorant comment like that anymore. I was like, Larry, just run for 10 seconds, get in front, and then hold the lead. Well, when you start running yourself and you kick past your pace, like when you kick out of your marathon pace into like, I'm sprinting, 
right? You're using so much more energy. You're consuming so much more effort. And then when you think you're going to kick back into your marathon pace, you notice that you have way less in your tank than you thought you would. Yeah. You know? No, and I like that metaphor. I, I used to rush, uh, run cross country. And um, there's a reason why you want to run as a pack. Like, even though you're competing against each other, for six hours, imagine the mentality uh, uh, that you go through if you're running ahead of the pack by yourself. For six hours, you'll be running by yourself. It's so boring. So, like, it's actually advised that you run with everyone because it kind of pushes you. You're like, you know where you are, placement and things. Because you can't turn your head every time you're in front, right? It's like, how close is he? Because you're that's when you're in front, that's all you're worrying about. It's like, how close is that guy behind me? Mm-hmm. And you can't keep turning your neck around. So, if you're running next to him and you save it to, to, to like, the last sprint to the finish line, that's usually who the winner is right there. So the Kenyans, yeah, but <laughs> but that's that's why again it goes back to like if you can right if you have friends that you believe in that you worked with before yeah um it's a lot easier to start a company with them yeah run as a pack run as a pack introduce and then drop them in the dust yeah. when you're six, no <laughs> run oh, as a pack right, always okay. I see how it is <laughs> run as a pack always I think it's so much more fun just imagine. Right, if you can just visualize you you yourself in a room and then you yourself with your friends, like what's going to be more of an enjoyable experience? Mm-hmm. Like I think it's the minute-to-minute stuff. It's not so much about thinking about the end goal of where you want to be. It's like can you enjoy every minute of you working for yourself, right? Yeah. And I, I've i seen them. I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't be successful by yourself. I'm just saying it's a lot easier. Yeah, I feel if you're sitting there with your friend, bounce ideas off each other, and everyone's just firing all cylinders in their own, you know, strengths. Um, I, I think you have a higher chance of success. And if you're worried about time, I think if anything, having three people shooting for the same goal is going to mm-hmm. save you more time than you just worrying about everything by yourself. Yeah, three solid, dedicated people all aligned on the same goal. Like that's that's a great team. And that process will take some time, right? You might lose some friends doing this. Yeah. <laughs> because you'll, you'll get some people who will say they're pistons. Yeah. And they're not. <laughs> yeah. They're just pissing on you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's um, it's a process. Like every every minute. Here's what I say. If I were to look at us in a year in review, Brandon Fam at the beginning was so ambitious, right? <laughs> In, to his own demise like it was so crazy how i was thinking i was like all right so we'll start this thing we're gonna do a kickstarter we're gonna be awesome right nothing else is gonna happen and then we're gonna get the money we need and that was like a two-month plan <laughs> from the very beginning I was that like, you believed could... yeah. wholeheartedly yeah like that i believe wholeheartedly and that was a rude awakening when soon as someone was like you know i can't do this full time or uh uh, you know, you need this and that, and uh, you know, a lot of it was what got us through that 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 moment. Is like finally turning the tables back onto us. It's like, all right, we need all these things done. We need to do it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not so much about finding the best people who are way more able to do it. Um, and in some regards, yes, right. If you want to maximize time, it's much better to find someone who's good at it and then letting them do it uh, versus you learning it. And then doing it right 
all if you have that opportunity to find someone who's awesome and you have the funds to pay someone do that mm -hmm. but uh in my own personal experience i feel like you're um you're 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 letting go of an opportunity to uh be more self-reliant um like learning because we're so we're we're still in the beginning of learning what exactly is our business mm -hmm. right putting us through that to learn the processes before we can delegate those those things to other people is very important like i'm yes. still learning is like exactly or what's our flow right all right i obviously i can't pay someone to come up with flow for us right otherwise what's so unique about our business if it's replicable right so and plus like this is this comes with the territory is like uh <laughs> you're thinking that someone else will care as much about your product as you do yeah like there were times in uh during the night where i want to make changes to something right i meant on, on the website or or, or or something else right it'd be impossible to ask that third party or fourth party <laughs> to like wake up and do these these small changes and he's like only like not even a percentage of the company right it's unrealistic it's like what are you doing it's much easier for you to do that yourself and much faster so in the end yeah it would be faster in the beginning it would seem like yeah having a dedicated person to do this who's really good at it would be faster but no it's it, it all comes down to how much time everyone everybody wants to put into it you can yeah. have the most badass concept artist, but if he's only doing like a minute a week, then you're only going to get a minute a week of concept. Let's go for if that, if that. So, uh, you know how long it takes to open up a computer, turn on Photoshop for someone else. Check it, Kotaku, <laughs> yeah. Okay, finally, you've got your iTunes playlist set up. You're ready to start painting. Yeah. You start painting and then, oh shit, that's right. We're supposed to be at, you know, the taco bar tonight. Gotta go. Yeah. And, um, so based on my own experience, my three month plan was more like a three year plan. Yeah. If when I'm looking at it now, it's like, man, this is like every part of this is so crazy, um, that this can, um, take a lot more time. So here's, time. I'll say this, uh, I actually ended up, I'm a very idealistic person, right? Like I see the dreams and I'm like, yeah, and this and that, and this and that. So I think we, ref we share those same things, but I often become an incredible skeptic <laughs> when it comes like I'm a realist when it comes to business. I'm, I'm such not, a I'm such a big dreamer that I make Larry a, a skeptic. No, it's it's like I always consider myself like I'm pie in the sky yeah. until it's time to bake the pie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like I need sugar. Yeah. I need a pie crust. I need a you know what I mean. So like, I guess me looking back at the process, I actually didn't think that in a year's time we would have the successes that we had now i'm not saying we weren't going to be successful but i was like looking at like this is going to be like a, a much longer investment than it has actually become the game dev unchained podcast we're a year strong and if i look at some of the guests that we've had on and some of the experiences that have opened up because of the podcast i wouldn't have been able to call that a year ago uh if i look at the business partnerships and ventures that we're discussing right now which unfortunately guys sorry we can't say anything about the magnitude of the level of the people on the other end of the table that are looking at us, evaluating us as equals. I'm sitting over here like, holy shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see any of that coming a year ago. Yeah. I will definitely say that. And so, yeah, I was skeptic. I was like, yeah, you know, we'll do the podcast and yeah. you know, we'll do the school and we will make sales. Yeah. But in the first year, I just want to not go out of business. Right. Yeah, like I want to prove that 
That's it, right? Yeah. We just want to be still here in a year. Yeah. And we're really here now. And now we're, we're talking about other things, yeah. which is great. And what's great about, like, this is the dynamic, right? So Larry reels me back on a lot of the things that I talk about. I go off into the <laughs> sky. Yeah, without looking back. I, I am that sprinter who does, like, eight miles ahead and uh, don't look back. So it's great to have someone to balance that. It's like, hey, all right, let's just actually talk about what we can do next week <laughs> and, and do all these things. But, um, yeah, it, it's great to see um, that consistency is paying off. I think that's the biggest component right there. It's just having consistency and not worrying about having to hit, like, very specific goals. It's like, let's just do what we do, have fun doing it, right? Uh, because we have time and flexibility to do that since we're both working full-time. And that I, I think that's the great thing about it. We're still trying to figure out what this is. And I think a lot of that comes from... Uh, it's the same talk as as in something uh, like... Uh, like uh, You hear this a lot. It's like following your passion, right? Like if, if you're passionate about something, you'll be successful. Wrong. It's so wrong. Like Larry and I can be passionate about games all the time. Yeah. And we if we just go out there on the investor <laughs> call with just our passion, yeah, maybe we'll we're good pitchmen and we can probably sell that. But like if we go off on a business with that thing, we got to have much more substance than mm -hmm. having passion. Mm -hmm. Um and so what's more important than passion is just building the the craft, like being good at what we're doing. That's what's paying off right now. Like we we're amateur. We're still amateur podcasters. Yes, but at least sure. we can do it for a full hour now, right? <laughs> Without having to say ums and buts and what else should we talk about? So we're getting pretty comfortable, and that's something uh, that we have to uh, work towards. And just like our business, we have to figure out exactly the A's and B's and C's of the processes before we can delegate that out to anyone else. Mm -hmm. And without the full-time job uh, support, we wouldn't have that flexibility and, and you know, stress-free environment to, to yeah. like, incubate this idea, to, like, understand what exactly is unique about us. Yeah. It's a lot harder to try things out when everything is on the line. Yeah. A year ago, before starting out, I was like, yeah, we're awesome. We can do this. I was like, we're getting awesome at this point. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I'm starting to figure out what makes us uh, unique from all our competition, um, and I and you can't downplay that at all. You you really have to put yourself through the ringer to figure that out because this is the first time we've ever done this, and, and it's going to be your first time doing anything on your own. And uh, having a resume helps. Having AAA experience, having all these years in the industry, uh, definitely helps. But there's a whole different skill set that you have to learn when you're doing this on yourself, uh, by yourself, like the time management is probably the most important part. Like where exactly in your schedule are you gonna fit all this extra curric curricular uh, activities? And what exactly are you offering? Mm -hmm. um, your idea might be unique at first, but then as soon as you really start looking at the competition, it's like, all right, I, I need to really, really make this uh, and flesh this out because it's starting to look the same because there's 10,000 guys that have done this before you, and if you look at it like that, you're behind in the race. You're yeah. that last guy in the marathon that you're being lapped over. 
<laughs> by the Kenyan. <laughs> That's what it looks like. So yeah, we uh, I remember one of our first venture ideas for how we were doing this. We were like, yeah, we're gonna be like this other company that does this already, but we're gonna be better. So somehow, <laughs> yeah. out of the box, we were gonna take over their market by being better than them, and oh, they had yeah. already been three mi- three hours into their marathon, and yeah. we were at the starting line. Don't do that. Yeah, we were gonna out sprint them and then coast faster than they could coast, and that they is- already had the lead. Yeah, and that's uh. <laughs> And that's definitely something that most beginners, I would say, uh, make the mistake in. Yeah, they they always get to that mindset. It's like, well, I'm going to succeed because I'm going to do this and it's going to be different. If your pitch starts with, yeah, it's going to be like this, but it's going to be different, you're already shooting yourself in the foot. It's like, that's not an idea, man. You can't be just a little different. You got to be completely different. Like, what makes you the billion-dollar investment right here, right? If I yeah. give you a billion bucks, what makes you different? Yeah, it doesn't hurt to have familiarities so that, you know, people are kind of inherently understand what they're about to adopt, but you definitely need to have signature uniqueness. That's the that's something I'm going to coin right here. You've heard it first. Signature uniqueness. It's not necessarily just different, but it's it's the difference that is your signature that comes to be your brand, right? Like, it's like, oh, I'm just doing it differently. Like, no, how I'm doing it differently, why it's unique, because it's from us, right? Like, not just that it's just different, but it's signature difference. It's like, this is the difference that you can come to expect that we will always live up to. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to play with that a little bit more, but I think, like, signature uniqueness is, is what you're going for. Yeah. Not just uniqueness. Well, uh, we're getting to that point. So, Larry, if I were to ask you, uh, the eight-step plan, and hey, granted, we're still figuring out steps four, five, and six, and seven, and eight, <laughs> but we're doing it, right? So, and there's a lot of listeners uh, that are doing it as well, and we have a lot of guests that have done it, mm-hmm. and there are commonalities, and that's a great thing. Like, this is not some kind of, like, math problem that no one has figured out. People have done it, and these are the common things that have worked for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, if I were to boil it down to at least our own personal experience you know just getting started right mm-hmm. i think we we can at least comment on getting started what would it be so if i were telling somebody who's about to get started in either you know putting in time outside of work towards their own dream or their own company or their own project or x y and z uh first thing i would say is the most important thing for them is like sure you're going to have the inspiration to want to do it right like you obviously that's where it starts the first thing i would say is just make it become part of your life in a consistent way. That's that's the most important first step for me is, okay, I want to become better at this game. Like right now I'm on a HOTS kick. I want to get better at HOTS. So I'm making sure that I'm consistently playing HOTS somehow. I want to get better at being a businessman. Well, I'm consistently involved in improving my business. I want to be a better concept artist. Every single day I'm dedicating time of some sort to improving my consistency. Because that's the most important first step to me is just being consistent, getting it to your life where it's like it's it's process. It's, you know, it's like, oh, today's Tuesday and Tuesday's the day that I do this for my job. It's Wednesday. Wednesday's the day that I do this for my job and having a routine that you can execute. Like that's the most important first step. Second step, look for opportunities where partnerships make sense. If you are making your own comic book, that's fine. Maybe you're doing the story and maybe you're doing the pencils, but maybe there's someone who can help you with the coloring 
or you know the print work or the website or the like the the more that you have to concentrate on yourself the less that you affect of your product that's necessary actually gets to receive your grace maybe there's a better way i can explain that if you are like the best artist or storyteller right the more that you're doing not art and storytelling the less your genius gets to actually directly affect your project is what i mean like you're doing your website and you're doing your biz dev and you're doing your marketing and you're doing your you know customer interaction and all of these other things when you should be spending all of that time on making stories and drawing the stories you know so finding good opportunities to partner up is definitely something that i suggest early on uh, and then i guess the third step is accountability find ways to make yourself accountable and partnerships do help with that right like every time brandon and i have a meeting like okay you do this i do this break right he has expectations i have expectations not just of myself but of him so that accountability kind of keeps us in check because i can't just tell myself while i'm watching a netflix binge oh, i can do another episode it's cool because there's no one checking on me right there's no one who needs to see that i'm holding up my end of the bargain if you yourself don't have that discipline yet so you're kind of forced into that discipline if you have a partnership because Brandon will come back on Sunday like, all right, where's your stuff? And I'm like, all right, Brandon, where's your stuff? You know, so I would say those three things are like my foolproof three step tackle box for being successful outside of work on some new venture of your own. Oh, number four, start it while you have a job. Yeah, that's that's the big one is definitely start it while you have a job. You know, start the transition before you need the transition. Yeah. That's it for me. What about you? I'll sign off on that. <laughs> Ditto. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big believer of um, whether or not you want to do things on your own. Uh, if you're working in the industry, I feel very, it's very important to have some type of dual income. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so volatile in our industry that if you're just... Um, relying on someone else uh on a, on a single income flow you're really setting yourself up for for problems so if anything if you can if you're not ever thinking of you know there's some people out there who 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 is fine who are fine at, at working at companies and and that's perfectly okay uh i still advise you guys to to at least invest in yourself in some form or another so that you'll be even more okay if the company decides to let you go right because yeah it, it's a terrible feeling and uh if you're looking at yourself it's like i've been i've been streak free it's probably gonna happen to you tomorrow uh <laughs> it's it happens to everyone so don't feel so bad about it um and i, I just want you guys to feel be okay and uh from everyone that i talk to the people who are okay are the one who has like another thing going on. They're juggling two things at once in some yeah. form or another. Freelance, you know, teach, uh, develop some skill within the industry if you can. If not, it's okay too. Yeah. But like, build yourself up into an awesome RPG character yeah. by by doing multiple things. Yes, and I I want to before I go I want to triple quadruple cosine on multiple streams of revenue you guys you need safety nets in life you need savings you need emergency funds you need investment accounts you need retirements but you need passive income if you really want to enjoy your life 
you really want to have financial freedom and just the ability to actually make decisions versus make necessities. What I mean by make necessities is I have to take this job. Mm. That's not a choice. Like it, I have to take the job because it gives me more money. That's a necessity, right? It's not a choice. Um, having multiple revenue streams and passive income and side things and IPs that you own or products that you develop or apps that you sell, things that make money while you're doing whatever God knows you want to do, like that's the key. You know, it's like being a trapeze artist with no net. You're not likely going to want to do the triple, double, super flip or whatever they're going to do because the risk is too high given the fact that you have no safety net. You throw a safety net down there, you'll do, you can go off and do whatever you want. Yeah. Because you know that if it fails, you're not going to die. You have a safety net that will catch you. You have revenue streams. You have savings. You have partnerships. You have things in place that are making money for you while you go off and do some sort of adventurous thing or take some huge risk. Hence the trapeze reference. Yeah. And uh, it's those guys who are doing those triple flips and things that get noticed. Right? That's how you stand out from the crowd. Mm -hmm. So if you're working with us, like doing safe routines... And yeah, man, you, you're not gonna, you're not. Well, what's the point of doing it, man? You're just yeah. doing everything that that everyone else is doing. Yeah. So you're never gonna really succeed in your own way. So go out there, take risks when you have a job, yeah. <laughs> and then risks on top of safety nets, the key to life. Yes, and uh, it's great to have goals, like just goals out there, what you want to achieve. But sometimes. I think most of the time, a lot of the opportunities came to us that I didn't even think about. Like the good ones that are uh, very good for our business that other people, outside perspectives, approached us about our uniqueness more so than us like going out there like this is what makes us awesome. right? I think those are happening right now. It's like, man, I didn't even think about that. Uh, and this is what the industry needs right now. And so... Uh, allowing yourself, putting yourself in a position where, like, I'm going to do what I do, but I'm going to let others decide, you know, the audience, uh, clients or whatever, going to decide exactly what makes me awesome. Uh, I think that's a good approach to seeing what happens. Well, it is that time. I'm Larry Charles. I've got the mic. I'm saying good morning. Hey, I'm out of here, too. See you guys. <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.